0: Peace. It's time to holla out of Scala. Adisa Banjoko chillin' Bishop Chronicles. Thank you for tuning in. I am recording this in my car at Ocean Beach. It's kind of rainy. It is the 18th of the month. And I'm in the process of getting ready to prepare myself for an opening of We Are Bruce Lee, which I had a small part in co-producing a film with um, my good man Dell Rocks and SETI X uh, about the connections between Bruce Lee and hip hop. Um, it's called Rhythm of the Dragon. I came up with the title, thank you very much. A lot of people don't know that Bruce Lee was a dance champion in China uh, doing the cha-cha before he came came to America and It's about this relationship between dance and the way that he fought and You know his rhythm in general and how hip-hop embraced him. So it's gonna be really cool And I'm excited that it opens on the 24th. It's gonna be open for three years so you got time and you better come through to Chinatown and um, to the Chinese Historical Society of America and check it out. Um, You know, among other things, Bruce is really known for his philosophy, right? He's really known for his ideas being beyond. Um, If you're interested in Bruce Lee, I'm going to immediately suggest that you get three books. The first is Striking Distance by Charlie Russo, straight up. The next is Bruce Lee, A Life by Matthew Polly. And um, the other is is actually called uh, On the Warrior's Path by Daniele Bolelli. Amazing book. I got it uh, from my good friend Vince uh, Bayon back in. Uh, <clears throat> in in uh, North Carolina and uh, that book is just an amazing piece of work those three books you should to really get a sense of Bruce Lee's philosophy and thinking and obviously the Tao of Jeet Kune Do, his own book okay um, you know Bruce Lee's philosophies uh, greatly mirror a lot of stoic ideas in regards to perseverance in regards to resilience you know, in regards to not quitting, right? And, and that's what this podcast is about. If you have a goal, if you're trying to achieve anything, this podcast is intended to help you get through it well. Get through it and get to it and trust yourself through the pain, the sadness, the anger, the fear, how to manage those emotions, not bury them, but to manage them. So that you can stay focused and finish what you plan on starting. You know what I'm talking about? I have often seen Bruce Lee referred to as a stoic, and it's kinda hard to argue that he wasn't, but it's also kinda hard to argue that Taoism and Stoicism, like Sufism, you know, they all reflect each other. They're very, they're they're razor sharp. I mean, razors with distance between, you know, the way that they are. But they're very, they're very compatible and interchangeable in terms of their concepts, right? Um, and even some, some Buddhist ideas, of course, okay? And really even some Christian ideas. And really even some Islamic ideas, right? Um, it's beautiful stuff. Um, and so I kind of started thinking about jujitsu and Stoic philosophy. I've been thinking about it a lot. Ever since I got back from the UK. But something unique happened. Something unique happened the other week, and I want to tell you about it. These two guys came into this class, 7 a.m. class over in Santa Clara, and they wanted to take a trial. I was like, all right, cool, let me get you guys set up. So I get them set up. And it's now a, a part of my practice when I first meet someone who's trying jujitsu to say, you know, well. What made you want to take jiu-jitsu and they both kind of chuckled and they said, well, you've probably heard of this a lot, but really like Joe Rogan podcast, which was interesting because that was the first time. But I didn't want to be weird and say, no, nah, I never heard that before because I'm not a hater on Joe Rogan. And, you know, uh, I wanted to see what they were seeing because I, I met Joe Rogan before. Uh, he wouldn't remember me. I've hung out with him. He still wouldn't remember me. Uh, him and Eddie Bravo and, and Joey Coco Diaz, you know what I'm saying? Uh, back in the day when he was doing a, a, a stand-up piece over at uh, Cobb's Comedy Club uh, through the homie Denny Procopos, you know what I'm saying? So I was intrigued because I know he promotes jiu-jitsu. I know he promotes a lot of MMA stuff and, and, and the health benefits therein. So I wanted to see what their vibe was like. And they were like, yeah, you know, he really uh, inspired us to want to train. And I was like, all right, cool. They were both. You know, probably like early twenties, both pretty fit and very nice dudes. Very nice dudes. Um That week was kind of a tough week. I don't remember what the module was. I don't remember what the theme was. Um, but I said, Okay, you know, you can you can you can you can warm up with us and then I'll have you guys roll together. I mean that if it was time to spar, they would just spar with each other and not spar with the other class because not because the other class is essentially dangerous, but they could be, and you know, your first day of jujitsu is a tough thing, man. You're gonna find out a lot about who you are on your first day taking Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And so, um, I showed them some fundamentals, went over some stuff, and they pretty much had a blast. So, they were like, can we come to your class tomorrow? And I said, yeah, I'll be in San Jose. I won't be here. So go to San Jose uh, school and I'll see you there. But this was right at the beginning of Ramadan. I got out a little late. I called the homie Sarge and I was like, hey, Sarge, bro, I'm going to need you to open up. I'm going to need you to get it set up, get him warmed up, get whoever shows up warmed up. And then when I get there, I will, uh, you know, take over uh, on arrival. He's like, cool. So I punch it down 280 and I get there. And they're there. And the guys, because I wasn't there, it's was kind of like, you know how the mob boss can be like, yo, these are friends of ours, which means don't hurt them. You know what I'm saying? Don't hurt them. You can see they kind of looked like um, wet stuffed animals that hadn't been put in the dryer yet. You know what I mean? They were shaking, not stirred a little like, yo. So I could tell they were kind of going through it. Uh, no big deal. No big deal. And because I had seen they had had to roll a little bit more. Um, I was like, all right, well, since you've already kind of rolled a little bit with other, other people, other white belts and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was like, you can do some more sparring. And they were like, all right, cool. So I set them up to do a few more rounds. Not a lot of rolling, just like maybe two five-minute rounds or whatever. And um, I don't think they came back. I don't think they came back. And, you know, this happens where people come through to jiu-jitsu and maybe they saw the UFC or they saw some cool stuff in a street fight on YouTube and they've decided that they really want to be down um, until they feel it. Until they feel it. And, you know, who you are will always be revealed on the mat. Now, a few things. They may come back, in which case... It's all good, but it's all good anyway. I was talking with a friend about how when people come for a trial class and they don't stay, I never mind it because I don't want them to be somewhere where they don't feel like this is for them. I don't sell jujitsu to nobody. I recommend it a few times. But when people don't come back, I... I don't get upset because I know to stay on the path takes a certain amount of metal. M E T T L E. Metal. Did I spell it right? Not heavy metal, like metal, like, you know, the hard substances. Metal in terms of like resilience. You know what I'm saying? Um, You got to have it. You need it in this era. And a lot of people, people, you know, they say like, you know, what are the benefits of jujitsu? One of the main benefits of jujitsu is you stop underestimating people, cause there's guys that look like nerds that'll kill you, people who look like OGs, like they're just too old to have any any uh, brawl in them, and they will crush your soul, you know, uh, football players, like old school stereotypical jocks. Uh, computer coders, uh, carpenters, uh, lawyers, and they're all dangerous. And what you learn is, anybody can kill you, so chill out. Anybody can kill you, so chill out. I got a black belt around my waist. Anybody can kill me, so I chill out. And when people don't show up, I'm glad that they recognize what's not for them. Because for the people that feel that primal spark reignited in their heart when they're on the mat, man, the sport becomes such a beautiful thing, such a fantastic journey. And after a few people came and left and some stayed and some didn't, I started just thinking about my own journey and how it helped me become Someone who is an aspiring stoic, right? I don't consider myself a stoic. I consider myself an aspiring stoic Jiu-jitsu will make you resilient Jiu-jitsu will help you know yourself better than almost anything you could ever read it will help you find physical, mental, and I dare say it, spiritual enlightenment as you walk this path. But everybody has to walk this path for themselves, everybody's journey on the mat, and then this art is like a snowflake. Right? All snowflakes are different, but it's still all snow. It's gonna make you mentally and physically stronger. It's gonna make you go deeper into yourself to figure out how you can become a better person. Um, Some people feel that jujitsu doesn't really improve your character. I think it does. I think it humbles you. It doesn't do it in a dogmatic way. And in all things I'm starting to find that or feel at this phase of my life that most dogmas are cancers. To individual and cultural well-being. This isn't to say that I don't respect standards. This isn't to say that there shouldn't be a litmus test for most things and in most societal, societal structures. But a lot of times I find that when things go wrong, it's because some group of people is trying to hold the dogmatic elements of a faith or philosophy over another group of people and judge them, and it gets out of hand. I grew up watching Kung Fu. That was my first lunchbox. I grew up on Bruce Lee at the age of nine when I learned about, uh, my dad brought home um, Return of the Dragon and Alien. I had never seen Return of the Dragon. I didn't know who Bruce Lee was, but I knew he was a cut above uh, David Carradine and everything I had seen in Kung Fu. And so, when I learned about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu through my friend Jamie, and I started learning off the videotapes that Hori and Gracie made, and, and, and all of a sudden, this super skinny 160 pound kid was, you know, kid, I was 21, or something like that, when I, when I first learned about it, 21, 22. I didn't, I didn't get to house until like 1997, beginning of 98, right around the time my son was born. But that first day, I went over there, I bought this gigantic gi in Japantown. I didn't know anything about gis or gi sizes. I walked in with these bell-bottom sleeves and these bell-bottom pants in a gi. And Dave Camarillo and Bobby Southworth taught the class. And, you know, there was no punching or kicking involved. But I was also not an athletic person. I didn't really have a sport, so to speak. I I did soccer when I was a kid. I did a little bit of judo when I was a kid. That was pretty much it. Everything else, I just did super casually. I was so sore that first night. I was waking up in my sleep. Just because I was out of shape and weak. And I remember looking up at the ceiling and saying man, this really hurts, you know. Maybe you shouldn't do this no more. Maybe this isn't for you. And then I was like, you know what? Go back. Try it again. If it hurts this bad, maybe you will stop. But if it doesn't hurt as bad, you'll come back again. And that is how my journey in Jiu-Jitsu started. Uh, I didn't meet half until the second or third class and... You know, he was really young, really rowdy, but well-intended. And, you know, I still think that his contributions to Jiu-Jitsu and MMA in general are grossly understated and grossly misunderstood. So many of the people that you love in the cage today function off the ripple effect of his wisdom. You know, Cain Velasquez, hashtag free Cain for real. And, you know, a lot of other people in this space. They, like, in jiu-jitsu, you know, like Kurt Osiander, Dave Camarillo, right? My instructor Gumby, right? Got the the belt off House Waste. Nobody got that honor but Gumby, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of other people that I could name, right? Like... Really, really gifted grapplers, martial artists, fighters, you know what I'm saying? Straight up. And how their students impacted America later, you understand? Those classes in Mountain View were amazing. And I was never one of the best guys. I was just a guy who kept showing up. There were people who handled me. You know, Camarillo brothers, Among them, you know, um, Cameron Earl, who became a bizarre weirdo. I probably shouldn't have mentioned him. But, you know, Cam beat Marcelo Garcia, who's like one of the greatest ever. It's like saying that he beat Jordan twice by submission. My first nickname for Cam was the 26-second assassin because when he had his first match, I think it was 26 seconds, hence the nickname. Uh, you know, BJ Penn, JD Penn, like there's lots of people who came up under Half who went on to do great things, have great schools, whatever, whether you know them or not. And you know, Half made me a better human being. He made me a better man. I'm never gonna be a world champion. I'm never gonna probably do anything in the sport that people remember me for. But I'm grateful to 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 Half. and and to Charles and to Gumby um, and to everyone else I met along the way. You know what I'm saying? Um, The Bay Area is is one of the greatest places in the world to train jiu-jitsu and he's one of the main reasons why. You know, but there's something that happens to you on the mat when another human being is trying to strangle the life out of you, trying to pin you, trying to like trap your arm, break your arm, get your leg, break your leg. But because of tapping out, it doesn't happen. I was recently talking with a friend and he was saying that he loved the idea of jiu-jitsu, but he was very afraid of it. And I was like, bro, tapping out is the reason I haven't had any super serious injuries, you know? I was out for a while because somebody fell on my leg, but like nobody ever like armbarred me or choked me hella crazy or whatever in a way that stopped me from just, you know, Keep it going with my life. That's what the tap out's for. Ah, tap out. Okay, cool. Keep it moving. You learn that there are attributes to every body type, including your own. You might feel you're too tall. You might feel you're too short. You might feel you're too fat. You might feel you're too skinny. You might feel you're too weak. You might feel you're too bulky to really be effective, like other than be hulking out, like you don't really have it. Listen, jujitsu will show you how you can take your body and be effective in a physical confrontation, how to outthink people, and then you can take that ability to outthink people, because jujitsu is more about knowledge than know. It's about knowledge over brute strength, and you can take that into the rest of your world, into the boardroom, in 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 into college, right? In into your to personal interpersonal relationships, right? And I'm sure you're being like, yeah, 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 you like jujitsu, we get it, you're a black belt, yada, 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 yada. Listen to what I'm saying. We live in an ultra soft society. Do you remember that movie Wally? Right? That movie was slow. I remember when I was in there with my kids and my ex-wife watching uh Uh, Wally, I actually dozed off and I woke up panicked that like maybe someone would have like scooped my daughters out Bolted, you know kidnapped my son or something, right? But a portion of that film was about how technology was going to make humans soft and they floated around as these little levitating things and got fat and they weren't used to doing anything for themselves and this is what became of humanity now, if you can look at North America right now and tell me that wasn't almost a prophetic piece, uh, I'm all for it. Tell me. that's what I thought, you know. And so, um, because of family stuff, like I, I my son was born, and I wasn't never really trying to be a black belt. I didn't think I was gonna be a black belt. I just wanted to be a blue belt who was legit. I, uh, I i I couldn't train with half because I was taking my kids to my parents, so I started going to Charles's. I got my blue belt from Charles eventually. Charles and Half have different body types. Half is shorter and a little bit more stocky. Charles is taller and leaner. Half liked a closed tight guard, tight closed guard, Charles is more prone to just open his guard and, and and like release his closed guard and play what they call open guard, just like chess, how you have open games and closed games, you have open guard and closed guard, right, chess is jujitsu for the mind, Jujitsu is chess for the body, I said that first, I say it all the time, other people may have made these kinds of thoughts, like, oh, it's kind of like chess, me though, I said it first, my point is, <clears throat> I learned a lot, you know, training with Jamie, training with Oliver, training with Doug, you know what I'm saying? Trainer Cristiano, what's up bro? You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the other dudes, Val, you know what I'm saying? Evan, you know what I'm saying? I remember Doug, I remember one day, uh, on Friday nights sometimes, Fridays were normally really slow nights, and I remember one night I went to go train with With on on Friday, which was pretty slow, and me and Evan, I was a white belt, he was a purple belt. We were brawling. We were going at it. It was just me and him, man. And um, I remember at some point, it felt like time stopped, and I had never felt that before. And I remember loving that feeling And I realized later that that feeling was actually presence because when another human being is trying to throw you, pin you, choke you, and break you physically and mentally, you can't sit around and be like, oh, I wonder uh, what's for dinner tonight. I wonder if my lady's upset with me. I wonder if my boss, I wonder if my kids, no, somebody's on you, man. Focus up and handle business. It was a beautiful moment of presence and I was like, yo, for that five seconds, I was, I was completely in tune and in time. If I could take five of those seconds into the rest of my life, I would be a better man. I would be a happier human being. And that's when I started to really realize some of the value of what Jiu-Jitsu was about to bring to me. Before that, when Half was showing me moves, I couldn't remember, oh, if you go here, then go there, go there. That's how I started incorporating chess. I said, oh, you gotta think of this like a chess match. When he goes there, he'll go there, they'll go there, they'll go there, then boom, you win, or they win, whatever. So I started putting these ideas together, but jiu doesn't have a philosophy. So I started reading the Book of Five Rings. I started reading Machiavelli. I started reading Sun Tzu. I started reading The Art of Peace on a deeper level because now it wasn't enough just to, to have read it. Some of the stuff I had read before, it wasn't enough to just say I could quote it. I had to live it. I had to embody it. And jiu forces you to embody the philosophy you say because if you don't, you die on the mat. And, and this, um, some of my, my jujitsu partners will remember, I wrote this thing called the, the Writings of the Sages. These were quotes from the teachings of Tahotep, These were Confucian quotes. These were biblical quotes. These were Quranic quotes. These were Hadith from the Prophet Muhammad. These were Greek quotes, uh, Abraham Lincoln, whatever. And I made several booklets during one holiday season, and I only gave it to a few people. But I made it. The writings of the sages. Uh, I think I think my man uh, Mecca down in, uh, in San Ho uh, made a PDF of that. I was trying to find the philosophy in Jiu-Jitsu and I was always frustrated that Jiu-Jitsu didn't have an inherent philosophy. This was a problem. I actually wrote about this as a white belt writing for Vale Tudo News. A shout out to Eddie Goldman. It always bothered me that there wasn't a philosophy that came with this art. And so, the reason I was always bothered by jiu-jitsu wasn't because of any other thing but this. With six months of jiu-jitsu, you can become totally deadly. I just saw a thing where 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 Henry Gracie was on, oh man, I think it's called London Real, R-E-E-L. I hope I'm saying it right. I think that's the show I mean. And so he asked the guy who did jujitsu. he said, what would happen if the guy who did Jiu-Jitsu for six months, that version of you, after six months of Jiu-Jitsu, fought the version of you before you knew jujitsu? What would happen to the before version? And the guy, the host, was like, yo. He would have killed that guy. I can't tell you what a horrible sense of self-defense I had about myself. Now, I never thought I was Iron Mike up in here, but man, please. This is how quickly and effective the art works, but this is why it bothered me. Because what if an art that beautiful and devastating was just handed out to anyone who didn't have a moral compass? anyone who didn't have a greater sense of philosophy, anyone who didn't have a greater sense of responsibility to the community. So this is why I kept digging deeper and deeper, and I thought that the philosophy of Aikido would overtake Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I thought maybe the works of Miyamoto Musashi, the great swordsman, would overtake Jiu-Jitsu. They didn't. They never came close. You get dangerous quick and if it can make you this dangerous this quick, you need a philosophy that also moves as quick as the danger that you become, that you get given access to. The threat you can be to other human beings without, without a good heart and a good head. It took me forever to get a black belt. I took the extra slow route. Cause I had kids, I had a wife at the time and i'm trying to be a dad and i don't mind it i don't i don't regret it not for half of a second and i remember sometimes there was a guy i used to train with named will will diaz rest in peace and me and him started around the same time and i remember one time we class was over we started rolling and you know half was about going to the end so me and will we circle up we're both white belts and we go in that mountain view academy after class for about 45 minutes straight it was probably an uncoordinated untechnical whatever but we were going after each other and neither of us we would get close but we, the other person would always escape after a certain point i remember whether it was like Cameron or or Dave or Kurt, I don't remember who it was, but they were like, yo, could have been all of them. Yo, we got to go. Y'all are not finishing each other in this match. Are you guys done? And me and Will were just looking at each other like, <sighs> just eyeballing each other like, nah. Because neither one of us, even within our eyes, wanted to concede. That's who Half was breeding. No concession. And one of them, somebody was like, can, can we just agree that this is over today? We're done? And we just kind of nodded at each other like, you done, are uh, uh, you sure you done? I, I can still go, you go, uh, we got, uh, okay. So, I'm trying to give you a sense of like, the do not quit. I'm trying to tell you that that guy who's sitting there looking at Will, breathing, heaving, snot bubbling out of his nose, was the smallest of his crew when he was growing up. Hella physically small. I weighed 100 pounds when I graduated high school, even though I was almost this tall. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, no one was afraid of me and no one should have been, right? Chicks didn't like me. I was a nerd. I just loved hip hop, right? And weird books, that was me. And Half turned me into a guy who could be formidable in time. Charles turned me into a guy who could be formidable. Gumby turned me into a guy who could be formidable. But beyond that formidability, whatever word I just tried to say, it also made me a better man. You know, I didn't join the army. I didn't have basic training. Jiu-jitsu was my basic training. Jiu-jitsu made me think more. After I got uh, to Charles's, Charles kind of started talking to me about the Gracie diet. Horian had introduced me to it, but Charles would talk a little bit about the Gracie diet. Then Asai becomes a thing in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community. Everybody's talking about Asai now, but back in the day, everybody didn't really have it. You know what I'm saying? I quit for a while just because of family stuff and life. And I would periodically, though, go to tournaments to, to support my friends and just to see, you know what I'm saying, what's popping. And I remember seeing Will in the stands sometimes. And I would walk by and he would be like, nod to me, he'd smile, I'd smile back, like, what's up? You know what I'm saying, raise my hands, like, what's up, homie? And he would be like, Yo! And he would, like, kind of elbow his guys. Look, 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 guys, guys. He goes, you see that guy right there? And the guys would look at me. And they would be like, what's up with him? And he'd be like, I saw that guy catch Cameron, like, more than once. Which is true. I did. Didn't happen often. Cameron murdered me all the time, to be fair. But I got him once in a while. And they go, no way, no. Which is kind of, like, lightweight disrespect for, like, guys, I'm right here. I'm right here. You're, I'm right here. It, it happened. You, you listening to Will? And so he's like, no, really, that guy, that guy. And then he would smile and he'd salute me, whatever. And sometimes we talk later, you know. And I didn't realize it until I recently started training and teaching at, at Hal Gracie, San Jose and Santa Clara, reflecting on Will, that he was trying to remind me of my greatness knowing that I was not training anymore. I want you to take a minute and remind yourself of your greatness. You have accomplished things that other people haven't done. Even if other people have done them, they haven't done them under the stress that you had to do it. Will was reminding me of my greatness, I believe in an attempt to call me back to the sport. You need to do something that's going to remind you and teach you of your greatness. And jiu will teach you of your greatness. It will push you to do things you haven't done. And it will take you to places and introduce you to people that you never thought you would meet. Fast forward, I end up... Uh, Hanging out with Gumby one night. I got backstage, the public enemy. We're getting ready to go see P.E. The enemy. And uh, we had dinner before. And we were eating at like a Chinese restaurant or something in the city. And I think, yeah, it was when they were at the war field. And he was like, so what's up, man? You're not training no more? Because I was just writing about jujitsu once in a while. I was like, man. He's like, what you want? I said, I don't know. He said, what do you want to do in jujitsu? What's your goal? I said, I just want to be a legit purple. That's all I want to be, man. He said, well, I'm about to start a new spot, man. If you want to come through, come through. He had a warehouse. Before Gumby had heroes, he had a warehouse off of Heading. It was it was owned by this dude, and they were like Rottweilers. It was real fight clubby, like for real, like the little iron slats with the eyes. You hear Rottweilers in the back. Uh, Gumby, hey, Gumby, it's a, it's a deece. All right, let him in. You could only come in with Gumby's blessing. Like You couldn't just show up. If he didn't invite you, you wasn't coming. I start training with him there. He finally opens up Heroes as a legit spot, you know, a different, you know, spot. And, you know, so I start training there. Eventually, I get my purple, okay? Right after I get my purple, I get injured. Uh, this heavy set dude fell on my leg. Heavyset dude falls on my leg, wrecks it. I got to take time off. I had bad doctors. Now, by this time, I've been 10 years in the game. Most people have a black belt at 10 years. I just got to purple. That's like the halfway mark. Imagine that. You're halfway in. Well, in the time that you made it halfway, other people have finished. Other people have students who are almost going to be your belt. I didn't care. I just wanted to keep walking the path. Fast forward hip-hop chess is doing good things are happening my my leg is a little better, but I'm gained weight at this point Right because my leg is messed up now. I'm gaining weight now. I'm trying to lose weight now. I'm trying to do better It's not really working Eventually, I get my brown right when I got ready to start at Zaytuna College, right? I Get to Zaytuna start teaching us around 2016, Something like that. Yeah, and then um. You know, a lot of ups and downs. I already told you, I almost kicked the bucket in 2018. Uh, my wife at the time was like, I'm out right after I almost kicked the bucket. I'm like, what the hell's going on in my life? And Jiu Jitsu is there for me. Gumby, with all of my up and down ass attendance, he never held it against me. He never said I sucked. He never said I wasn't serious. He never said I wasn't welcome. He always had an open head and heart, and he always shared the best of his techniques. As a teacher now, I'm deeply affected by that. I was always grateful, but now as a black belt instructor, I am deeply grateful for that. Stoic philosophy is meant not for you to bury your emotions, but for you to process them, think through them, and take the best action that is just like Jiu-Jitsu. Everything that Marcus Aurelius is talking about in the meditations is on the mat. Everything that Seneca writes about in How to Die is on the mat. Everything you can pull from Epictetus, you will experience in real time on the mat. There is an inherent mercy in Jiu-Jitsu. Where, because if you see the UFC and Bellator, you think Jiu-Jitsu is about punching and kicking. It's not. It's called, Jiu-Jitsu means the gentle art. And it's rough and rugged. But you can be merciful because every time you have a physical confrontation it it may not be to the death it could be just to stop your drunk uncle it could be to just get your wild auntie to chill out because she's overdoing it because she drink a little bit too much you know what I'm saying and she was listening to that to that uh, a boogie too much and now she's tripping and we need to calm her down a little bit everything isn't to the death And because when you have jiu-jitsu, you get to decide how extensive damage goes. You get to choose, more often than not, how things end. And that ability to choose on the mat turns up in other aspects of your life. I started taking my fitness way more serious because of jiu-jitsu. I started jumping rope. I started rowing. I started learning about juicing. I started learning about the Gracie diet. Eventually, I got into a little bit of vegan stuff. Didn't stay with it that long, but I'm probably gonna be back at it because it's a great way to live. But even if I'm not, my understanding of my nutrition and my ability to take care of myself is better. I started doing yoga because I saw Choke. Choke is on YouTube, by the way. You can watch that for free right now. And I'm telling you that so much of what I pull out of these Stoic books, I've already been getting in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and that's what you need. This is what you should want for your kids. This is what you should want for your uh, significant other. This is what you should want for other people in your family. But you should really, really, really want it for yourself. I'm not selling you Jiu-Jitsu in this podcast. I'm recommending, no matter what your age, no matter what ailments afflict you, that you give it a try. That you give it a try. I already told you, I have a young student named Juliana. She's visually impaired. She's 19. And she's arm-locking and sweeping people after just a few months. I look at her sometimes, I almost cry. I'm like, dang, man, have I ever been brave? Whatever I've done in this sport or any other time of my life, have I ever been as brave as a girl who is maybe 100 pounds? Coming in visually impaired to do jujitsu. She is so inspiring with her consistency. With her consistency. With her kindness over at USF. All the students at USF, they're so amazing. I always, I feel kind of stupid sometimes because I'd be like, man, like, Jiu-jitsu builds your character. I would like to say that I've built the character of my students at USF, but I don't think that I have. Whatever the USF vetting process is, is legit. A lot of good human beings on that mat. Jiu-jitsu can be weird. Here's what I'm telling you, though. Check out two, three, or four jiu-jitsu schools in your area. Get in where you fit in. You want to do the gi, you want to do no gi, you want to do both, you want to do women's only, you want to do MMA, explore it, explore yourself, pick up books on stoicism, like the ones I mentioned, then get How to Be a Stoic by Massimo Pigliucci, then get How to Think Like a Roman Emperor, right? You can take a... I took a class, one of his online classes. That was my real introduction to the deeper understanding. I read the meditations on my own. I read Seneca on my own. You know, these things are available to you, right? But when I talk to you about, you know, look, this is about stoic resilience and, you know, uh, the art of not quitting, right? I'm trying to get you to understand that kicking back at the house Talking about what you would do in a fight, you know, reading philosophy, but not doing the archery, doing the, the martial arts, whatever. All it's going to do is trick you into thinking that you know yourself. But that you really know yourself when someone's on your back trying to squeeze the life out of you and you can't afford to quit. You'll find it you'll train yourself how to find it. I love teaching people of all backgrounds. Genders, gender identities, whatever. I teach anyone because I believe everyone needs it. Too many times people have told us things about us that weren't true. Too many times people said we were weak when we were strong. Too many times people said we were cowards when we were brave. Too many times through personal traumas or the education system or a little mix of both, abuse sometimes, we don't believe in ourselves. Jiu-Jitsu will help you find what you're really capable of. And I promise you, it's so much more than you think right now. Most 1st Classes, let alone first weeks or months, are often free. Some of the stuff, if you really like a super INFJ, like if you don't like to leave the house at all, you can go online and learn this stuff at tons of different spots. You know, Heroes Martial Arts or is it heroesma.com? I always mess that up. Either way, look up Heroes Martial Arts. They have an amazing online fundamentals program, but there are lots of other good ones. But I'm telling you, Heroes is dope. You can and should start. You can and should love yourself. You can and should, like the apex to me of self-care is knowing how to defend yourself because you're a good person. On that note, I am out of here. I've already talked way longer than I intended to, but I want you to know that I don't want you to quit. I want you to know that Stoic philosophy, in my opinion, should be the core philosophy of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I'm gonna tell you to also get anything you can read by Chris Matakas, M-A-T-A-K-A-S. Chris Matakas, unbelievable. On Jiu Jitsu, five rules for every white belt. There's a lot more stuff that he's written. I haven't read all of it, but you have a great week. You, look yourself in the mirror and know you will not quit. Thank you for following me at Bishop Chronicles on IG at Bishop Chronicles on TikTok. All right? Peace. When you see me, be sure to holler out a scholar.